Welcome to UUCSW Reflections, a podcast by the Unitarian Universalist Congregational Society of Westboro, Massachusetts. We're glad you're here. The following sermon was delivered by Reverend Laurel Gray on April 12, 2020. For information and links to readings or other materials referenced in the sermon, please check the show notes. Our reading this morning is by the Reverend Victoria Safford, who is the minister at White Bear Lake in Minnesota. This is where my sister sometimes goes to church. And this reading is called, Did the Sun Come Up This Morning? The dead shall rise again. Have you seen the trees? Have you seen the maple buds, the magnolias swelling, poplars, the first lacy pale spray across the shoulder of the hills, the forsythia, or as one child I know calls it, the three scythia, the two scythia, and those three small flowering perfect crabapple trees in the park strong little trees begging children to climb them and get lost for a while in their magical pink canopies. Did you smell the rain this week and the muddy, ready earth receiving it? Did you smell the musty, lusty, moldy pile of leaves all thawed now? And underneath the moist and living earthworms wide awake, Is it safe, I wonder, to presume that we have all seen the dead resurrected? Can we presume just quietly among us this basic fact? Can we admit, however carefully at first, however foolish it may sound, that once or twice in our lives, or perhaps over and over and tumbling over, We have seen events miraculous. Choose the words you will, whatever words you need. If miracle cloys, try unexpected, surprising, unanticipated, lucky. That which has been given us, that second chance, that second wind, by the grace of God knows what. The dead shall rise again. We know because we've seen it. We don't know and never will where the, where the leaf's strength comes from in the spring. We don't know and never will entirely where our own strength comes from. But we have known despair, some of us, and deep discouragement, some of us, and discord of the mind and heart, or disasters in the body, or the spirit, or in both. We have known dead hope, dead courage, dead caring, dead will, dead faith, dead vision, dead power, deep winter. And we have felt, perhaps when we least expected to feel anything at all, our own slow blood stir in the vein like maple sap, and something very small and tight will then begin to swell and open up, 
urgent, imperceptible at first, then undeniable. Love lives again that with the dead has been. Did the sun come up this morning? No thanks to us and all for us. And did the earth awake again or did it not? We will testify to resurrection. I wonder how many of you feel weary with the world right now? Weary with the uncertainty, the isolation, the strangeness of masks and grocery stores, the Zoom calls, the lack of contact, the convergence of work and home and school into each day, the graphs predicting death counts. It's exhausting and mundane and terrifying all at once. And somehow, amidst this, it's also Easter, a moment in the Christian calendar of celebration and life, joy and resurrection. I'm not sure if the convergence of COVID and Easter is absurd or prophetic. I suspect, actually, that it's both. In the Gospel of Mark, one of the sacred books in Christian scripture, we find the story of Easter, a story that speaks of death foretold, of suffering, of cruel leaders, of those who mourn the dead, of the struggle to return to life after the tomb. After the crucifixion, after Jesus died, his family and friends watching from a distance, Joseph asks to take Jesus's body down from the cross. And he wraps the body in linen and lays it in a cave rolling a stone over the opening to form a tomb. This is how Good Friday ends. Those who love Jesus have lost him. They've watched him die, unable to ease his suffering or hold his hand. The space between Good Friday and Easter is called Holy Saturday. It's the space between death and resurrection, for Jesus' followers were observant Jews, as was he. Saturday, the Sabbath, was the day of rest. This is why Joseph wanted to make sure Jesus' body was in a secure place, so it would be safe until Sunday, when they could anoint him for burial. Holy Saturday is the day of mourning in this story the day of heaviness and exhaustion, when hope is gone and the future unknown. It's a day when everything stops and there is no work or busyness to distract from the grief and the magnitude. Their world has changed, those who loved this man from Nazareth. As the Sabbath ended, the sun rose and two women, Mary Magdalene and Jesus's mother, Mary, gather the burial spices needed to anoint his body and prepare him for the grave. 
They set out unsure of how they'll complete this task, knowing as they do that there's a stone covering the tomb. They meet that morning unsure of how life will go on after Jesus' death, unsure even of how they'll tend to his body, but they go anyways. And when they come to the tomb, they find that the stone has been rolled away. And sitting inside is a man in a white robe. This, of course, scares them. How could it not? And the man sees their fear and says, Do not be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus who has been crucified and raised. He is not here. But if you go to Galilee, you will find him. Go tell his disciples. The two women go carrying this news and their confusion, their terror and their amazement. As the story goes, Jesus appears to Mary Magdalene first. She is the first to rise to the call towards life after death. And Mary Magdalene goes to find the disciples to tell them this news. But they are lost in their mourning. They're weeping and they don't believe her. They will eventually, but not yet. For the resurrection of hope, the return to life, it takes time. In this story, it even takes Jesus chastising the disciples for their stubbornness and their refusal to believe Mary Magdalene. It takes Jesus appearing to them himself, commanding them to go out and proclaim the good news. And still, it is not until after the ascension, after Jesus is taken up into heaven and the disciples are left in the wake, it is not until after this that they begin to find their way. One of my mentors told me that funerals are for the living, not for the dead. For in the wake of grief, returning to life, learning how to live again under the weight of mourning, that is a profound challenge. And yet somehow it happens. Somehow life continues, grief bound up as a silver cord in the tapestry of our lives. Because death isn't something we get over. It isn't something that leaves us. It's something that becomes part of the very fabric of our living. It changes us, rattles us awake, perhaps, we who are left returning to life. Maybe that's the miracle. The staggering impossibility that somehow life continues after death shatters everything we know. See, there will be a time after this, after all this isolation and talk of sickness. As one of my friends, the Reverend Megan Lloyd Joyner, preached once, the tomb is not the end of the story. There will be a time after the tomb. We don't know what we'll find then. 
what life will be like or how we will be called onwards, but it will happen. Surely as the maple buds, surely as the damp earth bursting with life after the deep winter, there will be a time after all this. And it's okay if it's messy, if we resist meeting that day when it comes because we are still overcome with our mourning and weeping and disbelief that life is still possible after everything has changed. It's okay too if we meet that day ready to begin again, having faced our demons as Mary Magdalene had, and we meet this new life as soon as it beckons us. Most of all, it's okay today if we're still not sure. If the idea that there will be a time after feels impossible, scary, too daunting to believe, because resurrection wouldn't be a miracle if it was easy. It isn't easy. It's hard to imagine, harder still to believe, to hold hope in the aching cavity of an exhausted heart. It takes more faith than we can sometimes muster, especially in the moments when we're not even sure how to face the graves marking our grief. But the Easter story asks us to gather our supplies and meet the dawn, to see that sun rising and believe that the tomb isn't the end of the story. I'd like to end with an excerpt of a reading by David Blanchard called Rising to Life. At Easter, I find plenty of cause to celebrate not the heroic in God, though. After all, how hard can it be for God to be a hero? But I do celebrate the heroic possibilities that I have witnessed in human souls when through resurrections of our own fashioning we rise. Rise to hope, rise to love, rise to heal, rise to forgive, rise to courage. Rise to foolishness, rise to wisdom, rise even to die. But most essentially, to rise to life, not to die a hero, but to live as one. May we today and always rise to life. Amen and blessed be. Thanks for listening. For more information about what's happening at UUCSW or for ways to get involved, visit us online at uucsw.org or visit us in person. All are welcome.